the time of year that it is. It's no time to let down now. Amen. It's no time to stop. Amen. Fighting in the battle now. Amen. It's time to turn it up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 21. Amen. Verse 15. I'm going to preach a little bit about David. Amen. I thank God for his word. Hallelujah. How many is thankful for the word of God? Hallelujah. Second Samuel chapter 21 and verse 15. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And ish Bibanab, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at God. Then Sibachai, the Hushite, a man slew Saph, which was of the sons of the giant. And there was again a battle in God with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jair, Oregon, a Bethlehemite, slew a man, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite. Whose staff, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle in Gath, and there was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers, and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number, and he also was born to the giant. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath, and listen to this part, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. And I come tonight, church, to preach that it's time to fight. Amen. I said it's time to fight. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and thank God for the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life. God, I thank you, Lord, how you're working in this church. God, I thank you, Lord, that the enemy is bound in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you, Lord, tonight, oh, God, to give victory to your people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, I praise you, Lord God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise? Amen. If you're going to help me preach, you can be seated. Amen. Everybody else stay standing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And uh, I'm just going to preach tonight for a little while that it's time to fight. This man, David, who is no stranger in the word of God nor to the church. Amen. This man, he did not start out as a king. He did not start out really as a mighty man or a mighty boy, 
but he started out as a shepherd boy doing what his dad had told him to do. Can I tell you tonight that if we're going to live for God, we just have to simply obey what the Word of God tells us to do. Amen. What the man of God preaches. Amen. What the Holy Ghost leads us to do and be sensitive to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Thank God that His Holy Ghost is still the same. It hasn't diminished. Amen. God is still all-powerful. Amen. My God is still able. Amen. My God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, church. It's time to rise up in the spirit and fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. I said we got to fight the good fight of faith. Praise God. Amen. Uh, David started out as a shepherd boy. Amen. He knew the voice of God. He understood the anointing of God. And while tending his father's sheep, amen, a bear, amen, and a lion came at different times to destroy the flock, amen, and David rose up against them. I don't know if he used a slingshot, but the Bible does tell us that at some point he slew them with his bare hands because the anointing of the Lord came upon him. Amen. I've come to preach tonight that while we may not wrestle against flesh and blood, amen, the adversary is still the same. Amen. As a roaring lion, amen, he comes against the church, amen, as a bear that would try to destroy destroy and to rend but we've got to rise up in the spirit and tell the devil I refuse to allow you amen to destroy what God has given to me hallelujah you got to rise up in the spirit amen with a determination amen that I'm serving God I'm fighting for what God has given to me amen it's not for sale it's not to give away amen but I'm going to have the victory come on somebody you can have the victory tonight God can give you the victory over your problem God can give you the victory over the sin God can give you the victory over the enemy that comes against the soul. Well, hallelujah. Amen. And there came a day when his brothers were fighting the enemy. Amen. His brothers were down in the valley. Amen. Fighting against the enemy. Come on. I'm going to preach to you something that will be a recurring theme throughout this message. Amen. And it is the fact that God's people then and God's people now, amen, have to wage war against the enemy. Amen. You cannot sit back, amen, and just say, well, everything's going to work out. No, you got to rise up in the spirit and you got to fight. Amen. The good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Well, hallelujah. And when he got to his, his dad sent him with bread and cheese to his brother and said, go, go see about your brother in the field. 
And when he got there, everybody was hiding out. Amen. Everybody was scared. Amen. But God was looking for one young man. Amen. That had a determination in his spirit. That said, I refuse to allow the enemy. Amen. To have victory over the people of God. And I'm standing up in this pulpit tonight. And I refuse to let the enemy have victory over your soul. Come on, saint of God. Get it down in your heart and spirit. I refuse to allow the enemy to have the victory. God's going to give the victory. God's going to bring me through. God's going to set me free. God's going to set my feet on the mountaintops again. Well, hallelujah. And while there were many that were scared and worried about being the servant of the Philistines. There was one that had faith in his God. Had the other's faith failed, their faith failed, but God's faith never fails. Oh, if I told you of all the miracles that God had already done for Israel up to that point, you would understand that it's the same way in the church today. That God does miracle after miracle after miracle. But can I tell you something? The same God that did the miracle yesterday is going to do the miracle today. We don't have to live on old stale bread. God has some fresh bread and cheese for us today. God said, hey, I brought you through once. I'll bring you through again. Hallelujah, my God's able. I said, my God's able. My God's able to bring me through. My God's able to heal my body. My God's able to save my children. My God's able to put my mind back together. He said, wait a minute. He said, what's going on? He said, why is everybody hiding? And they, they accused him and said, oh, you're just super spiritual. You're just down here trying to make a show. And he said, no, wait a minute. That's not true. He said, is there not a cause? Come on, church. What's the cause here tonight? Hey man, we're not here. Hey man, because we're on top of it. We're not here because we're on the bottom. We're here because of a cause of Jesus Christ. We're here because, hey man, there is a reason why I serve God. Hey man, there's a reason why God brought me out. Hey man, God brought you out because you got purpose in the kingdom of God. You got a reason to be in the church. Hey man, God saved you. Amen. To make you a witness. Amen. To make a difference in the house of God. The old devil, his name was Goliath. Oh, yeah, the devil has a name. Oh, yeah. Discouragement. Sometimes the devil tried to tell you you got depression. And you know what? Maybe there has been a few times where I 
got stomped down by the devil. But I'll be up again. I'm not staying down. I'm not going to stay depressed. Amen. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a power inside of me that my Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hey, you can overcome the world because Jesus Christ overcame the world. Hallelujah. I said you can overcome the world because Jesus Christ overcame the world. Hallelujah. He came in the flesh, amen, to defeat sin in the flesh. I promise you, he didn't come for one time a year, amen, on Christmas. And he didn't come for one time a year on Easter. He came so that we have the victory every day. There's victory in Jesus. My Savior, amen, forever. Amen, every day is another day. I'm walking with my God. I'm walking with my God. He's walking with me. I will not stop. I will not give up. I will not look back. About that time, big old Goliath came out. I bet he stunk. I bet he was ugly. Oh, yeah, I know the devil will come to you as an angel of light. But sin's ugly. I know... The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But after that, it becomes very sickening, very repulsive. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go into all the depth of sin, but you can think about the hole that dug, God dug you out of. Amen. I was dug out of deep, miry clay. Amen. My Bible says, amen, that I was down in the bog. Amen. I was down in a hole and God dug me out of the deep miry pit. And old David, he said, who is that uncircumcised Philistine? He hasn't been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. What do I have to be scared of? Amen. When God, he wrote his laws on the table of my heart. He washed away my sins. I don't need some ungodly devil telling me, hey man, that I'm not going to make it. I'm going all the way through. I'm going through. I'm going through. And you know what David did? His David started by what he knew. He had the weapon in his hand. Saul said, hey, you come talk to me. I've got armor for you. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put this helmet on your head that will keep you from getting your skull bashed in. I'm going to put this big old heavy duty, hey man, armament on your chest so a spear can't go through and pierce your heart. And when David got done, he was all weighted down. 
You know, sometimes uh, we just got to do what works in our walk with God. Uh, God, I'm coming back to the altar. Uh, God, I'm coming back to the prayer room. Uh, God, I know that reading my Bible uh, is going to give me bread from heaven. Uh, and if I eat, I'm going to have strength. Come on, come on, don't stop eating the word of God. Uh, don't stop coming to church. Uh, amen, it's your strength. Uh, amen, to get into the house of God. Uh, amen, God wants you to have strength uh, to live another day. Well, hallelujah. And he said, I'm sorry. I haven't practiced with these. He said, I haven't proven them yet. He just simply was saying, I haven't practiced with these. And you know what he did? He picked up, where's Brother Bennett? He's asleep almost. He picked up his axe in 238. Man, I was so thrilled to hear him quote that verse of Scripture. I thought, you know what? That's what our children need. Hey, man, it's more of the Word of God in their life. Hey, it'll save you. He said, Pastor... I can't argue the scripture with anybody because I, I don't know the scripture yet. All you need is one verse of scripture to withstand the devil. Hey man, that hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hey man, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you. And you know what happens when you call on the name of Jesus? The devil has to flee. I said the devil has to flee. The devil has to get out of the town. When you start calling on the name of Jesus, and God's going to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's going to put his spirit on the inside. He's going to give you a weapon to fight with. I don't need bullets and guns. I said I don't need bullets and guns. I just need Jesus. Don't come to my house messing around either. Because I believe in guns and Jesus. Oh, no. The Bible says thou shalt not murder. But don't take my meekness for weakness. Hey Amen. I'm going to stand up for my family. Hey, Dad. You see some ungodly man come around winking at your girl, kick him out of town. Hey, mom. Hey, man, if you see some ungodly girl coming around your sons, get rid of them. Oh, no, I'm not talking about violence. I'm just talking about separation from the world. Hey, man, come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you up to myself and be a God unto you, the Father. You know what David did is he went over to that brook. And he knew what it took to fight the enemy because he had already did it. The Bible says he picked up five smooth stones. 
five smooth stones. He picked them up. And rocks that are in a brook, they're smooth on the top. But when you pick them up out of the mud, you got to clean them off. And he just took a little time. You know what you need to do in your walk with God is take a little time to hone your weapons. There's nothing more that's more irritating than trying to cut down a tree with a dull chainsaw. How many is with me right now? You got to cut down a tree with a chainsaw and that blade's dull. You know what happens? Is it just starts smoking. And you try and you start putting effort into it. If you're putting effort into a chainsaw, hey man, you're done wasting your time. You got to stop and you got to get the file out. And you got to start sharpening that blade. You know what you're doing? You say, well, Pastor, there's nothing going on in my life right now. That's because God's giving you time to sharpen your blades. God's getting time to get your weapon. Hey, man, tune up because there's going to be a battle with the devil. And you got to be ready to go. I said, you got to be ready to go. Hey, man, you got to be ready to fight the good fight of faith. And David was down there washing them stones up because he knew that if there was junk on them, they wouldn't fly through the air as good. And my Bible says, hey man, that he looked at that devil and he said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. I'm coming to you, hey man, I don't come to you with physical, hey man, prowess, but I'm coming to you with spiritual power. Hey man, Jesus said, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you power. To become witnesses. And you know what being a witness does? Is it saves us. We're saved by the word of our testimony. Amen. If you're having trouble living for God, you need to start witnessing. You need to start telling people about the Holy Ghost. You say, I've told everybody around me, find somebody new. Bible says David took that stone, he put it in that sling, and he started slinging that stone. I had somebody say, well, pastor, when did it kill him? When the stone hit him in the forehead or when he chopped his head off? Let me tell you something. I'm taking a break. There's times when you, how many's ever? Seen these guys that go on these dangerous safaris and they shoot a big old lion. Pow! And that lion's laying there and it looks dead. And they take that lion, that rifle, and they don't. Some of them go up and poke him in the eye, and I thought, yeah, you better hope that lion's dead because you ain't gonna be able to react fast enough. And so they back off. And they take that rifle and they point it at him, pow, and they shoot that line again. It's called the double tap. And you know what God did for David that day? He said, not only is that stone going to kill him, but there's going to be no question of when you get through, hey, man, that I've won the victory for you and through you. Come on, somebody. I want you to know tonight, hey, man, that God's going to help you win the victory for you and through you. Hey, man, God took that stone, and when David slung that stone at that giant, it hit him in the head. It sunk into his forehead, and he fell down. 
out. Amen. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And then God said, now I'm going to work through you, David. Take the sword out and slay him to where he'll never get up again. That's what some of you need to do in here. God's helped you once. Amen. You need to allow God to work through you. Amen. And chop the head off of that devil. Amen. That is harassing you. Amen. And tempting you. Amen. Saying, come on back to the world. Say, no, I'm never going back. I'm a bridge burner. I'm a devil killer. I refuse to go back to that old life of sin. I'm throwing the beer out, the alcohol out. Oh, yeah, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, he delivers you. But you got to flush the drugs down the toilet. You got to throw the shack up out of the house. Well, praise God. Well, I got to be careful here. The devil, oh, yeah, this world, they tell you, oh, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with living with somebody. Wait a minute. That's what my Bible says. The only thing that God honors is marriage. I don't care if CNN does say that three out of four marriages fail. Well, in the church, they succeed. Amen. Because God will put your marriage together. Praise the Lord anyhow. You said, Pastor, what are you doing right now? You know, the devil would come to you in many ways and tell you it's all right to live in sin. No, it's not all right to live in sin. You got to get out of sin. When Jacob's family was getting ready to get killed, the Bible says they took their their earrings off. They took their bracelets off. They got rid of the things that were false gods uh, and they buried them because they were afraid, uh, amen, of dying uh, and not being right with God. And I'm here to preach to you tonight, uh, amen, that the devil, uh, amen, doesn't like an apostolic preacher preaching to you and telling you the truth. Uh, Amen, stand up for righteousness. Uh, Amen, when you hear something preached, uh, when the Holy Ghost deals with you about sin in your life, get it out. I said, get it out. Throw the television out of your house. Amen. Run over your phone if you can't quit watching it. Get rid of pornography out of your home. Get rid of sin out of your house. You got to get rid of it. said, Pastor, I can't get victory over my phone. Go get a gab phone. I'm serious. If that phone's a temptation, take care of the temptation. Get rid of that. And I'm 
not just preaching to our young people now. I'm preaching to everybody. Because it's an enemy. It's a giant that has come against the church. And it's not just men that deal with pornography. Amen. Women deal with it too now. At unprecedented rates. Well, it's kind of quiet in here, but you know what? I'm not going to quit preaching it. Hey, man, you got to destroy the giant. You got to destroy that giant. If you're married and the devil's tempting you with lust, you need to go to your wife and say, come here, babe, I'm going to give you a big old hug and a kiss because you're the most beautiful woman in the world. If you're not married, everybody else, close your ears. You say, Pastor, why do you say that? Because you know what? We're all human flesh. If your husband, amen, is fighting a battle, Come on, you're married. Fight it together. Yeah. The reason why it's so important to all you young people that you marry one God apostolics is so that you're in the yoke together. Amen, that you fight the battle together. If one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Amen, if, if, if... Two are joined together, amen, and three, the threefold cord is not easily broken. That's why you got to have unity in marriage. Amen, you got to be strong in the house of God together, raising your kids together. Come on, married folk. Amen, you're the ones that are fighting the battle today, just like everybody else. It's not just the single people. Everybody's fighting the battle. the devil tempts you. When you're married, the devil tempts you. Hey Amen. When you're a teenager, the devil tempts you. But did you notice when I was reading the text here tonight, there was yet again another battle. There was another fight. There was another battle. There was a battle down in Cobb. There was another battle. Can I tell you something? You gotta keep fighting a good fight of faith. Hey Amen. You might get a break, but there's gonna be another battle. Get ready. It's going to take a little time here. There's, a, there's this new saying called passive aggressive. How many's with me right now? Everybody's heard this passive aggressive. And you know, that's, that's what the devil does. Now, Brother Junior, they don't call you Brother Junior in school. But they'll teach you that everybody has to be tolerant of lifestyles. and You can't pass judgment on somebody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm a child of God. And while I'm going to pray for someone, I'm going to love someone, I'm not going to treat them bad and I'm going to witness to them. I will not tolerate you telling me that I have to accept something that's against 
amen, what the Word of God says. Just because it's in the name of education, the passive, but they're aggressively trying to alter your way of thinking as a young man. Amen. When God made you a young man, you'll always be a man. Amen. And when you God made you a young lady, he'll always you'll always be a young lady. Come on, church. It's time to back our young people. They're fighting battles. Amen. They're fighting devils that we never had to fight when we were teenagers. But you know what? The same God that delivered us will deliver you. The same God that give us victory will give you the victory. And in the midst of it all, you know what God will do is God will save young people, amen, like that that need the Holy Ghost and turn their life around, amen, and give them a real identity. My Bible says such were some of you. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. I need another break. First Corinthians 6 and 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's not just a statement, but Paul was asking a question there. But then he said, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, idol worshipers. I don't care if an idol is alive or dead. We cannot worship alive or dead idols. Sports. I said sports has totally overtaken our country. Yeah. People have forsaken the fountains of living water to go to a ball game on Sunday. I don't care if they was on Tuesday night. Amen. It would still be idol worship. Well, praise the Lord. You say, Pastor, what's the difference between reading it, about it in the newspaper and going to it on Sunday? Well, the difference is, is you're going to fellowship. When I read something, I can read anything. And as long as it's not perverted or perverse, I'll, re- I'll look at it and read it. But I'm not going to fellowship on Sunday morning, Monday morning, Monday night. I don't care when it is. I'm not going to fellowship with people who are worshiping another god. Well, praise the Lord. Because if you start fellowshipping something, that's what you will become. If I'm around somebody at Christmas or Thanksgiving, I promise you that I'm not fellowshipping them. A fellowship a man is called a, a it, it is something that where you become involved consistently with a, a type of lifestyle. 
And if you start hanging around sinners, pretty, sh- pretty soon you'll be a sinner. I love sinners. I talk to them all the time. I witness to them all the time. When I see backsliders, I invite them back to church. But I refuse to go to their house and hang out with them. Because if you're constantly around them, pretty soon they're going to rub off on you. You say, well, Pastor, there's nothing wrong with going down to the bar and hanging out with my buddies because I'm not drinking, I'm not dancing, I'm not looking at wild women, I'm not doing anything wrong. But after a while, amen, just being in the atmosphere is not conducive to godly living, and pretty soon you'll be a drunkard, and pretty soon you will be dancing with them, amen, because my Bible says you've got to come out from among them and be separate. I said, you got to be separate. Hey, man, you got to separate yourself unto God and say, no, that's what I used to be. I'm not going back there to that old lifestyle. I'm living for God. I'm not living for my flesh. I'm not living for you. I'm living for God. I don't treat anybody mean. I don't treat anybody ugly. Amen. But I will draw a line of separation. And the passive aggressive says, you know, if you is really my friend, why won't you come hang out with me? Well, you know something? There's times where you get backed in the corner, you got to come out swinging. Not with your fist. You got to say, the reason why I won't hang out with you is because God saved me from that life. And if I hang out with you all the time, amen, and you're sinning, amen, I'll be sinning with you. Get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, I'm getting ready to go to another scripture. Nor abusers of the, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. You say, Pastor, my old life, if I told you everything I did, I'd be ashamed. That's what I used to be. That's what you used to be. But my Bible says such were some of you, past tense. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of our God. Come on, I'm preaching to you today. Don't be afraid to come all the way out. Get all the way out of sin. Get all the way out of the world. Get all the way out of that old lifestyle. Open up your Bible to Romans chapter 1. Now, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which, may, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it unto them. 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Now we're going to go on and read here. But we live in a generation right now that is one of the most unthankful generations that I've ever seen. Yeah. Unthankful. But became vain in their imaginations, their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be what? Wise. They became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God. In this world, they worship images made like to corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. Kill the children, but don't kill the whales. You know, I'm convinced the reason why there are some things that are extinct is because there was a time in the history of the world where some things were easy prey for mankind. And so they ate them. And there was a time called the flood where God drowned them. And when you say kill a child, but we're going to give, I just read an article where they're going to give the same rights to an animal as human beings have in the United States of America. Does that mean if I accidentally run over one, they're going to put me in prison over it? Come on. The Bible addresses this. Verse 24, wherefore? God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. This world has perverted everything that God has made beautiful within the confines of a marriage. Praise the Lord. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Right now, STDs are at an all-time high. You can see it. They, they, they put it in the news all the time. Hey Amen. That, 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 well, you know the rest of the story. 
Don't get quiet on me because I'm not done preaching. You say, Pastor, well, what's wrong with going to hang out? I'm getting ready to read to you the reason why we have to be separated unto God. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Wow. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, listen to this, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Paul was telling the church, don't get involved with their sinful activities. Because when I hang out with you, I'm condoning your lifestyle of sin. And God saved me from that. And God's word preaches to me and tells me, and my man of God tells me not to do those things. Amen. If, if a garment gets dirty, is it clean or dirty? It doesn't matter how much, uh, amen, dirt is on it, it becomes dirty at that point because it's no longer clean. Come on, we got to be without spot uh, or without blemish uh, or any such thing. Uh, I'm preaching to you tonight uh, that we it's time to fight the good fight of faith. That's why I don't have a television in my house. I had a preacher tell me one time, well, you got one in your pocket. And I said, I refute that statement. I don't watch television on my phone either. Thank you very much. A conviction is a conviction all the time. It's not a part-time conviction. You know, it's a little quiet in here, but we still have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. I'm telling you, church, we got to fight against this, amen, uh, uh, encroachment of sin. Uh, amen. Well, I'm just going to move. I'm going to move the fence line just a little bit on you. Amen. It's just six inches. It won't matter. Wait a minute. Amen. Devil, that's my walk with God. Uh, and you're not encroaching even one inch, uh, one centimeter, one millimeter in my walk with God. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, I wish you would preach with me tonight. Hey, man, and embrace this wholeheartedly because there's a battle tomorrow that's going to be waiting on you. And you've got to fight the good fight of faith. You say you're a hard man, Pastor Kirker. No, I'm not. I'm a child of God. And I'm just simply going to serve God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. I refuse. I said I refuse to give up one iota of my walk with God to the devil. Hey, man, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do the work of God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love people. I'm going to live a sin-free life. I can live a sin-free life. You can live a sin-free life.
And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm happy. Living for God is not a drudgery to me. I'm happy. There's times where my heart is smote. Paul said, I tell you, even now, weeping, that they have become an enemy of the cross of Christ. Paul was as human as anybody else. He wrote, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But you know what? He said, I have determined that I'm going to live for God. That I am going to keep under my body. And I'm going to bring it into subjection. Lest at any time I would become a castaway. I don't want to become disqualified in this race. I'm going to keep on running the race. Hey, man, I'm going to keep on fighting the battle. Hey, man, I'm going to keep on seeing God. Hey, man, do great things in my life. I'm going to see God have a revival like I've never seen before. Fill people with the Holy Ghost like I've never seen before. Come on, I'm preaching to this church. Hey, man, we got to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. And I'm going to end with this tonight. Brother Ethan, you can come. You can play something upbeat. I'm not sad tonight. We're winning the battle. But I was a young man and a man by the name of Todd Nance. An evangelist came through this church at a time where I was fighting battles as a teenager. And he told of when he was in high school that they would take in the locker rooms, they would, they were, they were all, he said they were all sports jocks and they were always fighting with each other and push, pushing each other around. And one day the the big bully football player, they would take socks and they would make people they'd stuff it in their mouth. An old nasty sock that's been through the the shoe and football practice and everything else. And he said uh, he said they were mean. And they they cornered this little handicapped boy in the corner. And I thought, man, I wonder where this is going. And they got him in the corner and they said, he had that sock up there and he said, open your mouth. And he said that little handicapped boy told that big old football player, he said, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he said he didn't raise his voice. And he said that big old football player got closer. And he had that sock. And he said, open your mouth, I said. And he said, leave me alone. And he said, before anybody knew it, he said that little handicapped boy, he drew back his fist and he hit that big bully right on the end of the nose. Whack! And punched him right in the face. And it knocked him right on his rear end. And he said, the whole football team said to the little handicapped boy, they said, hit him again! And he said that little handicapped boy proceeded to ball up his fist and hit him on the end of the nose again. Whack! And they said, hit him again! 
And he pulled his fist back and he whack. He hit him in the nose again. He said, by that time, the blood was coming down. Hey, man, but they said, hit him again. You know what some of you need to do? Hey, man, the devil has you in the corner saying, I've got, I'm going to make you put this sock in your mouth. Hey, man, I'm going to intimidate you. Hey, man, and you need to tell him, leave me alone and draw back your fist. And you need to hit him right in the nose. Hey, man, and come out swinging. Hey, man, say, I'm going to win the victory over this battle. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. Oh, come on. I'm preaching to you tonight. You need to hit the devil again. You've defeated him once. You can do it again. I don't care if there is another battle. You can win the battle. You can do it again. Hey, is there anybody in here tonight that you need renewed in the Holy Ghost? It's time to come up here and give the devil a black eye. It's time to hit the devil again. Hallelujah. Come on, say to God. We're going to worship God. We're going to praise God. God's going to give us the victory. I said God's going to give us the victory. Hallelujah. Well, it doesn't matter what the weapon is. We're going to win. Does anybody believe that tonight? Come on, let's worship God. I, I refuse to lose. I'm not backing down. I'm not backing down. You need to lift your hands up to heaven again. Satan, back up. Say, God, here I am. God, I'll thank you for redoing again. I refuse to lose. I've got the authority. Hallelujah. God asks you to give people victory tonight. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to stop. I refuse to give up. I'm going to fight the battle. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. You brothers pray. Come on, come on, church. Come on. Yeah. I refuse to lose. I refuse to lose. 